0: BNP Realm Podcast, Season 2. Once again, this is your host, Brian, and as always, thanks for joining me. Welcome to Episode 15, P is for Podcast HodgePodge, cleaning up some spring files. All right, this is a super long one, so this is going to be just a short intro to another intro, so I'm cutting this short. I'm in the middle of the forest here, in the middle of a different place than I'm usually at, so that's all I have to say. I just needed to record this little welcome to episode 15 and enjoy the show. It's Monday morning, April 26, 2021, and I'm sitting on One of the park benches near my house. And it's really freaking nice out right now. I just finished my morning breathing and meditation. And the cover art of this particular episode is the view above me of the tree in full bloom. With the blue sky in the background. And it's just really freaking nice out right now. Okay, so today's episode is a hodgepodge. I've been busy these past couple weeks and haven't released an episode. But I have been recording things, thinking, ah, maybe I will release an episode if I have time, but I haven't. So there are three separate clips beyond this one, and so today's episode is much longer than usual. But there's some interesting themes, I think, that tie the three together. And you'll have to see what those are. Mostly, there's a bit of narcissism in me posting it this way this time. Because last week, I was going to my one of my new jobs. And I was thinking, I want to hear what I was saying last year at this time. So I listened to my podcast. And I thought, that's kind of an interesting uh, tool for personal growth to hear where you were at the same exact time a year ago, because you're in the same season, you know, you're in the same weather formations, and uh, but it's a different world you're living in. And as we all know, I mean, if there's ever been a, two, a year that was quite different, 2020 was that year, and the spring of 2020 was a very uh, monumental year, not only in the world, but in my own life, as far as... It was a year I'd quit the job and kind of my personal experience that I've been having for the last 16 years. Um, and so anyway, and listening to it was very interesting. And so I thought, well, I've got these three recordings here and I didn't put them out yet. But why don't I just put them out all at once? And then that way, if nothing else, I can listen to it next year or a year from now and hear where I was at. So that's somewhat my intention and I recognize that therefore this episode will be much longer but rather than putting them all out as individual episodes I figure just put them all together and people can do with them what they want Um, but that's the thing that's the goal this week and I think there are some interesting topics and I was going to go home and write out an intro to this which would have been much smoother flowing probably would have been more efficient as far as for you i probably would have had more th- talking about the themes but this episode is a little bit of me you know doing this kind of lo-fi kind of on the fly lo-fi it's really in the tradition of season two the Riverside rambler where I'm not taking the time like I did last year, where, you know, last year as I listened back to the April podcast, I realized, like, I was putting out a rather professional podcast at that time. I was spending quite a bit of time on it. I was scripting a lot of it. I was recording clips. uh, And and they're really good. I'm really proud of those. But this is a different beast, Season 2. And so, uh, but I wanted to, last thing I'll share here, just to give you a little bit of overview on what you're going to hear. Every spring I seem to forget that I do this, but every spring I have a a bout of depression at the start of the spring. And I was talking to one of my students last night, one of my Japanese students, and we were talking about how, you know, he kind of feels this too. And it is probably related to how here in Japan... You have the end of the year and then the, of the school year and the end of March and the beginning of the school year in April. And so there's kind of these endings and beginnings. And I think that's part of it. Uh, but I also think it's connected to this, the change in the seasons. And one of the things that's hard for me about the winter or the springtime depression as opposed to I have a similar thing happen in the fall. But in the spring, one of the things that's hard is I, I beat myself up for the fact that I'm like, because I'm like, why am I depressed? It's getting nice outside. Shouldn't you be outside enjoying the weather? And, you know, but the reality is I think part of the depression that I feel is, is that it is the changing from kind of, you know, dark to light. It's the change from winter to spring and the change from uh, summer to fall are two of the kind of bigger changes. I don't feel like fall, you know, the change of fall to winter is d- December 21st, right? It fe- it's already, because of the light in the air, it already feels dark. It already feels like winter. It might be not quite as cold as it gets in winter, but it doesn't feel like you're changing that much. Um, and same with summer, like when, it, you know, the change from uh, spring into summer, which is, you know, June 21st, it's like the peak of the, the light. So, yeah, it's getting warmer, but it doesn't feel like you don't really notice the change that much. But I do think the change from, you know, March 21st, when you flip over on the other side of, you know, it's getting lighter. And then just the weather itself in uh, spring, the first month of spring, the first season, the airy season, has that kind of volatility to it, like it's not settled. And so I think that does impact, at least for me, it impacts my... uh, my sense of feeling grounded and kind of my sense of feeling like, you know, it just makes me feel a little bit uncertain and, um, I'm kind of feeling this like, yeah, I'm not sure. But anyway, I, I go through it every spring, but unlike fall, like I think fall, I, I noticed it way back when I was a teenager that it kind of fall depression and it always made sense to me then. Cause it's like, well, yeah, it's getting darker and colder and especially in Washington, it gets really rainy, uh, but here the falls are more nice, but and I don't suffer it quite as bad as I do did back in Washington. Um, but the spring, on the other hand, I don't think I really noticed it until maybe f- six years ago, five or six years ago, that, oh, yeah, I'm kind of getting depressed, right, you know. But then, like, every year I, I tend to kind of forget that, oh, I have this depression. So, But listening back to my podcast, I uh, I remember, I was like, oh, yeah, oh, I went through that last year. And then I, start, I was like, oh, yeah, I've been going through this the last... Five or six years are probably longer than that. So anyway, that's a long-winded way of me saying that this podcast, this episode, is if nothing else, it's for me. But I think there's some interesting reflections in here. And I think you're going to hear from each of these clips because I'll play them in order. The first one, I'll get the dates here. The first one, I believe, was recorded on April. I'm going to put these in the show notes. So April 12th, and the second one was recorded on April 19th. And then the last one was recorded on April 25th, so it's like a week, one, you know, three weeks. And I think you can hear me kind of going through the depression, although I will say one more thing that might make that a little harder to, to discern is that I recorded, the first two were daytime or morning, you know, a little bit later in the morning, and in the last one I recorded like just as I was waking up, so I'm really chilled out. It's like 5 in the morning, barely light, and I was in my room. Uh, although it's interesting because I was just listening to it right now, and you can hear some birds because I, I do sleep this time of year. I sleep with at least the window cracked open or somewhat open. So even though I'm in my room, it sounds like I might be outside. Okay, um, I think there. this is an interesting podcast, and um, yeah, I'm sorry that I didn't take the time to write this out and make this more efficient and kind of give you the overview, but I didn't. And so be it, but uh, the reflections are, um, the first one I'll just give a basic overview, the first post is kind of about uh, the masculine and the feminine archetypes and how I see them in, uh, in the culture wars a very broad overview the second one i is a reflection on time and that one gets a lot more more personal and i think the second one you can hear the depression more and then the third one is the one i'm listening to now so i don't know everything that i talked about there but it was more about uh the question i asked was can we love those in other camps and i was kind of unreflecting on that. Uh, Kind of where I see the collective consciousness right now, and some of my struggles with how to use social media, and what my role is in all that. Okay, that is the intro for the episode, and uh, enjoy, and uh, hit me back if you have anything you want me to talk about, and uh, you, know, you know where to find me, look at the show notes, the links are all there. Alright, enjoy. Okay, the first clip is from Monday morning, April 12th, 2021 just past 9 a.m. Enjoy. The voice you're going to hear at the start of this clip is Lex Fridman from his podcast, The Lex Fridman Podcast, and I will link that in the show notes.
1: Yes, I was born in the Soviet Union.
0: The rest is details,
1: but I grew up in Moscow, Russia. Yeah, But I came to this
0: country, and uh, this country even back there but it's always symbolized to me a
1: place of opportunity where everybody could build like uh build the most incredible things especially in the engineering side of things just invent
2: and build and scale and have a huge impact on the world and that's
1: been to me the that's my version of the american ideal the american dream
0: the engineering perspective That is Lex Fridman, and he is a MIT professor and a podcaster. I don't know his details beyond that too much, but um, I want to speak to... Oh, good morning, everyone. I'm out walking. Monday morning here, April 12th, 2021, down by the river here. Yeah, I guess I'll take the long way so I can chat a bit. Um, Yeah, so... hmm. I didn't know I was going to record a pod or any bit, but I guess I feel I want to exercise my brain a little bit and try to improvise a chat about that sort of perspective on impacting the world through engineering and... What? hmm. It's a very masculine um, energy archetype, that kind of concept, you know, it's the scientific revolution, it's, and clearly it works, I mean, there's a lot of power to that. Birds flying off on the river down here below me. Um... We can see it all around us. I mean, I'm looking right now across the river from me. uh, There are a bunch of buildings and things that weren't here several years ago. They built them. So engineers built these buildings and changed the reality, you know, not just for me and for the people who work there, but for the creatures that used to live in the fields that uh, were replaced or were, you know, Changed, reformed into you know, indoor environments for these giant buildings. And I'm looking straight ahead of me, and there's a construction, there's a crane, and they're doing some work on the other side of the river on the bike path that I use and that got wiped out. They're working right on the spot that uh, the river took a big chunk out of the side of the bike path. After the big typhoon here in October 2019, Typhoon Hagabus, and I discovered it. I I'm, I have a feeling I was the first person to discover that uh, missing piece of the bike path because I was biking the morning after the rains had stopped, like at 3.30 a.m. in the middle of dark, and fortunately I was going slow enough that I didn't drive off the cliff and hurt myself or kill myself. Uh, not a real high cliff, maybe. Uh, anyway, but yeah, they did some work on it last year and then opened the path up and I thought it was good, but now they're doing more work this year and apparently, well, I won't say they'll be done, but I would assume they're going to be done with this construction by uh, when, when this round is done in the late summer, fall. Uh, they're doing a lot of work over there. I'm looking right now. Anyway, those engineers are changing reality. And changing the world, and yes, it's only a tiny corner of a tiny part of Japan, but it's changing my world. So I'm not denying, I'm actually saying that there's a lot of power to uh, what Lex just spoke, gave voice to. Um, However, here's where I want to, the reason that I wanted to talk about this is because I'm concerned that, you know, and I've long been concerned about this, my novel speaks to this: that as we humans do this to the world, hold on a sec, passing some people. As we humans uh, make these changes, and especially the big changes, if we're talking about, you know, I want to change the world. Well, does your is your blueprint the kind of world that the rest of us want? you know that 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 works for all of us that is is it a good blueprint <clears throat> that's the main question i think one would ask is it a good blueprint or not and now i think there's a lot more nuance to the whole thing to that whole discussion but I'm thinking here of some of the titans of technology that are having a huge impact on the world. And one of those Lex just mentioned was, you know, he's like, we should be nice to rich people because, you know, they have a lot of power. And he he mentioned Bill Gates, and I thought that's a really good point, you know, that if we're not, (laughs) that's one of the things, like if we all turn on the rich, the more powerful power they have, the more possibility they have to do us all great harm, correct? I'm trying to find my path down into these woods that I used before, and interestingly enough, it seems like it's uh, less, maybe because shit is growing now. Um, Oh, there we are. There it is. There's a little path. It's... uh, Here, somebody almost, it almost looks like, ah, these are some pricklers. Ow, you son of a bitch. You just came up and bit me. Almost seems like someone, never mind, I'm going to keep talking. Ain't that hard to go down. Um, so, I'm going to this little forest here. I'm thinking now, hmm, well, I've already started. Maybe in the future I'll record one of these where you can, uh, I'll do a video so you can see, and I'll start re- releasing YouTube clips <laughs> like Bjorn's <laughs> Anders Hansen. Because um, I do like, you know, I think people would be interested to see my environs and. Uh, you know, this is a cool little forest, manicured forest, pine forest near my house, and there's a woman over there, so I'm going to keep a- I'm going to stop here, and just chat, I don't think there's anything illegal about being in this forest, uh, anywho, um, but yeah, so I have to get going back to my residence, I have some work to do, although it's not that big of a hurry so okay let's get to it let's get to the elephant in the room named mr gates bill gates um yeah like i would say that my um Well, okay, let me go deeper than Bill Gates. I have an instinctual... And I think this is the the archetype, the other archetype. Like if we're talking in dualities, the masculine and then the feminine, the feminine archetype, I think, actually is becoming more... It's rising, and so... This is why I think a lot of the, like, the masculine is trying to kind of hold on even tighter. And so I think that that's where a lot of this kind of, like, trust the science, like, that kind of stuff is coming out of what I call the dying, you know. It's toxic masculinity to say that that only, only science only the masculine only that side of the duality is what we should pay heed to i'm going to stop right here i like this little spot um walking up the hill here and got some shade it's a nice it's a beautiful day here it's already in the 60s and sunny um but standing in the shade in my no, no, I wouldn't call this, I guess it's kind of a sweatshirt, but yeah, a long sleeve shirt, wearing my t-shirt underneath it, the shade feels better than standing out in the sun right now. Um, I'm not, okay, and that, and that speaks to the masculine, like, uh, the energy of the sun, like if we're talking from, we're, I'm talking in kind of psychological, archetypal language here, and there's many ways I can do this, but Uh, learning as I have over the past almost two years now, but really diving into the astrological lens. And this is just a way to use a language. It's just a language to speak and a way to try try to understand um, energies and try to look at reality through metaphor. And so in the astrological metaphor... The sun is kind of, well, I'm, actually, am I right? I might be wrong about this, but I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, no, the sun, let's just say, yeah, the sun is the ego. The sun is kind of more the masculine expression of ourselves, and the moon is more the feminine, the feeling expression of ourselves. So night, dark is the moon, is is feminine, and light, day, is the masculine. And clearly... We all experience uh, reality and recognize that there is both day and night. And so, the problem, and this is what I've been talking about a lot in my understanding of things, I see right now that like both sides are kind of battling for dominance. Um, And there's a great one of my favorite. Short Pixar films is called Day and Night. It's like it was one of the ones they put at the start of. I think when we went to see Toy Story two or Toy Story three, probably Toy Story three. Um, they showed it at the start. But you can you can watch it online. I'll put it in the show notes. But it shows kind of like Day and Night battling with each other, and then they kind of as a spoiler alert. <laughs> it's only like a five minute uh, clip. Um, At the end, you know, as I get toward the end, they start to recognize that the other one has, like, night has its benefits. Like, you can, you can't, like, show, have a fireworks show in the daytime, folks. Not so great. Have it at night. It's awesome. So, they, they, and and that's light, you know, that's the two working together. They, the, they need each other. They benefit from a blending. This is the yin yang. I mean, the yin yang symbol is, you know, shows that these two energies are, Coexistent, like the we have this duality but underneath it is this unity and wow i've gotten a lot deeper than bill gates haven't i here um but the my life kind of story my own life experience you know i grew up in america and so i unlike lex fridman who i think is probably 10 15 years my my junior i think he is in his early 30s um I didn't grow up with this idealized vision of America so much because I was in it. I was there. I lived in it. Um, having said that, now that I'm 48 and I've been living in Japan for 16 years, I recognize more and more a lot of what is good about America. Um, but when you're in something, when you're in that, when you're in the ocean, you might not know, you know, like it's harder to can be harder to say the qualities of the ocean, you know, because you haven't lived outside of it, you know, fish and water type thing, um, so if you're only in a reality that celebrates daytime, like, okay, one thing, that, here's what I, another thought on this that I thought earlier, I was doing my meditation because I was sitting in the sun, I thought this. George Harrison lived in sun-deprived England, especially, and that was what allowed him to capture the beauty of a sunny spring day in his song, Here Comes the Sun. So by having that lack, having that, you know, his winters in England, and I... Very much could relate to that song as a little kid when I heard it because Western Washington has a similar climate to uh, England. And when you come out of a winter where there's not much sun and it's, you know, dark every day, and then all of a sudden you get, you know, those first spring days where it's sunny and it's bright, you feel, oh, I love it. This is so great. However, I lived in Los Angeles for seven years. And I had a good friend, my one of my best friends. He was my roommate my sophomore year and then the first part of my junior year. But then he uh, he transferred to the University of Washington. He was from Portland. And the reason was he missed the rain. He missed the dark. L.A. was too sunny. And I can say this. I don't think anyone who lives in L.A. would ever write a song, Here Comes the Sun. Because every day, I mean, and that's not every day, but most days, 80, 90% of the days in LA, are like, kind of like today's weather is, you know, um, well, probably a little warmer, but you know, it's sunny and pleasant. And so you just start to take it for granted. This is what it is. It's sunny. Now, getting back to the topic, what I want, what I thought I was going to talk about, but obviously, you know, these are Riverside Ramblers, so you never know. But, A lot of the pushback, I think, on the Bill Gates, Elon Musk's, Jeff Bezos, you know, these titans of technology, and the pushback on the kind of cultural narrative of trust the science, a lot of that is because we're seeing that as kind of... It's led us into some of our, you know, a lot of the problems that this science is supposed to solve, such as climate change. Um, Well our civilization, which has been pretty heavy based on, you know, this technology and this progress, this masculine push into the world to engineer and shape the world, and has kind of denied the role of the feminine, you know, the patriarchy, all this and that, like, why would we then trust it to solve these problems, you know? And here again, I want to say clearly, I think we need both. That's the ultimate conclusion. I think we need both the mat. We need integration. That's what we're going for. But right now, I think what you have happening is we've kind of come to, you know, as a humanity, a, a certain breaking point where this patriarchy, masculine, you know, energy has gotten, gone so far that it's like, it, it's become a little toxic and, Yet it does it's it's in power, you know that those systems, I mean, our politics, everything, it has the power. And so, as the feminine has kind of been re-emerging in our culture, the masculine doesn't mm-hmm. want to let go of the power. And then there's this other side where the feminine is becoming, you know, I've said this before, like someone like Hillary Clinton, to me is a person who you know, wears women's clothes, but is really, you know, projected a lot of the mask. Like she played the masculine game. And well, I've got eleven percent. I should probably hit that. Um I, don't know if I can keep talking and just wait. Cause I, yeah, um, it's a good spot here. Uh, and so, the question there is. You know, I, I could go on a thing about surface and what's underneath the surface, but I think, you know, we can see – okay, let's just talk about the the negative feminine. I mean, the, the idea that, like, you know, we're going to use our subjective feelings and that is going to be the only way we determine – reality and everyone must honor each other's feelings to the point where you know if you say something that makes me feel bad then you're an awful person and you know the whole I think a lot of the cancel culture thing comes out of that that sort of kind of what I think is sort of a toxic femininity. And again, it's femininity in a way, it's playing this game of, you know, our side is, this side is needs to win. And no, we need to integrate the two. We need to find the the healthy expression of these two energies and integrate those. And that's, you know, the integral theory, that is kind of the whole concept, the idea behind, as they call it, the integral project is... Going and looking at the world, the previous six worldviews, and finding the good and integrating that and then getting rid of the bad. And I think, you know, this I'm going not into the worldviews, but just in this masculine, feminine archetypes. And I think a lot of what's happening in our culture right now is there's a lot of death and rebirth going on. And how do we. You know, like, uh, I I, I, I keep coming back to this movie, and I think I've, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it in the podcast, but the the movie WALL-E, and I kind of look at the Jeff Bezos and the Elon Musk, you know, worldview, especially Bezos, um, as kind of the WALL-E worldview, where it's like, kind of like this sort of like nihilistic like well humanity is going to trash the planet so the means are we're going to just do it so we've got to get off this planet and keep humanity going and to me honestly my feeling is like if humanity is going to trash this place then i don't think we i hate to say this word but i don't think we deserve to continue our species out in the space because i don't want us to go trash other places you know to me it's like if we don't take care of our home here we don't get that right I don't. I can't get behind the project of like, ah, oh, but this species must survive. It's like, no, like, no. You know, it doesn't need to survive. You know, um, because I'm concerned about what is the species and what is, you know, I'm concerned about other life forms too. You know, like I've written about it. I've talked about it. You know, the way that we just sort of kill the trees and you know leave them stacked up like they're. To me, it looks. Through my, through my eyes, they look like mass graves, you know, like of humans, like, but it's just instead of humans, it's trees. So, you know, like, okay, so now we're going to go out to other planets and other galaxies and behave in that same way. But hey, at least the human species will survive. Like to me, I'm not that attached to the human, the survival of the human species. I'm just not, you know, um, I'm attached to, you know, People I know and love, and you know, I'd like, I'd like us, but I'd like us to get it right. Is my point, you know? Like, I don't have, I feel like if we're gonna, like that, in you know, the 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 humans that survive in Wall-E, I don't look at those humans and go, oh yeah, yeah, that's, I'm glad they made it, you know. Now again, they come back to Earth, and the whole end of the movie is, I'm sorry, this is a big spoiler alert, but, you know there's hope i guess as long as the humans survive there's hope that we can redeem ourselves so i understand that side of the argument too but my point is is you know i feel like um another good movie that really i think uh hits a lot of this these themes is uh ad astra the brad pitt movie with tommy lee jones and it also kind of hints at the theme of like Constantly going out and out and out, and you know, getting away, getting away, getting away, masculine, 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 and kind of ignoring your home and the cost of that. And you know, I think we're trying to actually care for our homes, and I think in a lot of ways that means we slow down, like, well, you know, there, there's okay. There's this sense of like we need to hurry, hurry, hurry. We got to get off the earth. We got to get off the earth. Humanity is not going to survive. And you know we don't know that. And here's my thing. I'm not. I I have no issue with Elon Musk or Bezos or anybody who. You know like their role is to help humanity. Be able to you know, move off the planet. But if that's if the if the theme is is like if it's all encompassing where we all have to participate in that project, meanwhile the planet itself is not cared for, well then that's where I have problems. And I actually think that is the kind of deeper split that's happening right now on a psychological and on a lived experience level. I think some of us are feeling like, no no, we're we're not interested in this moving on. And this, I think, this has been going on a while. And a book I want to read is *The Time Machine* by H. G. Wells, because apparently the idea of kind of two races of people is explored in that book. Um, and I will, yeah, I, I listened to one of the reasons these thoughts are in my head right now. I mean, I've been pondering this stuff a a lot over the past few years, but uh, the Astrology Hub podcast with Rick Levine. Levine, Levine? I always get it. I don't remember. I think it's Levine. Anyway, um, they just did one, and when I saw this title the other day, I was like, oh, I can't wait to listen to that Transhumanism and the Age of Aquarius. And there's a pretty little tree here I'm going to take a picture of. This will be my cover art, we'll see. See right now, the sun's really bright. But, huh? Hard to see, folks. The sun's bright lately, my glasses are just... My eyes are not good for these glasses. So I can't... I like that. That's good. All right. Um, anyway, the... Uh, he talked about that book. And... But then someone, in the past few days, actually presented to me that humanity is split into three that's interesting, and it was like the digital, or like the world is splitting into three, like the digital virtual world is another, um, I want to make sure this fucking truck goes by me, I hate cars, dude, <laughs> just because <laughs> they're just so big and dangerous, um, I went the other way, but yeah, I kind of lost my train of thought, obviously, taking a the picture there, and, uh, we're down to six percent. Um, let's see if there's anything else I have to say. We're at twenty-seven minutes, so we've been going for a while here. Yeah, it's. Hmm. Yeah, I just all will kind of finish like with this that it's not that like if we if these two sides can work together like we i think we need people to stick around here and to stay and to do the work of caring for the planet and to do the slowing down culture um and maybe that is what what's happening is that that will emerge but right now it feels like you know for the past for my lifetime we haven't had a real like as a humanity i don't think we've had a great sense of shared what is our goal what is our vision i think that kind of fell apart in the 20th century like i think after world war ii there was that you know kind of you look at the 50s and 60s and you look at like the world's fairs from then you know and you watch the newsreels back then it was kind of this science and you know the masculine it was like we still believed in that and the american dream and a car for every family and um and that, that mythology still kind of exists, but it's taken a big hit. And I think it's because it needs to take a hit. It, it, we can't – I don't think we can have that as the one vision because, again, I think it, it's destructive. It will destroy our biosphere if we go straight into that consumerist technological society – and so there's been this pushback. And I think, you know, as much as postmodernism gets critiqued from an integral perspective, postmodernism is what gave us the environmental movement. It's what brought that back into our awareness that, hey, maybe this desire for endless growth and, you know, a kind of that model is not Not sustainable. It's not one that will promote a healthy lifestyle. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's not easy being cheesy. Uh, I'm trying to find a way to walk back to my house without walking down. Oh, there we go, down this main road. Anyway, we're getting out of time here, so I'm gonna close this. Um, yeah, and I think I'm, obviously, by the way, I'm kind of rambling here. I have a little trouble coming to a conclusion. We're at 30 minutes, so we're going to end this right here. I didn't really get to, but yeah, I'll just, well, I don't know if I need to say this, but this is just some of my concern with kind of, you know. And I don't, I, I feel like a lot of the cultural conversation is so simplistic, and it, and it doesn't really get into these depths at all. And so, and it's so, again, here, I'll just say, this is another, I don't know if this is masculine, but it's the digital, it is the kind of digital binary, you know, the zeros and ones um, kind of perspective where there's either or, and it's like either Gates is the savior or he's the persecutor. It's like, well, you know, maybe not. Um, That's pretty simplistic. Anyway, uh, and, and, you know, I don't know, again, I don't know if that's masculine, but I've read some interesting things here. I'm actually going to read this thing that a friend sent me a few months back, and uh, we'll close with that, maybe. So some interesting food for thought. Now, again, this is just kind of one perspective. Uh this is my friend's thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. Somebody named Yeah, I don't know who who wrote this, but uh it says uh here I'm just gonna try to sum this up. There's a I had a strong feeling that what we are experiencing is a dark quote consciousness, unquote, of AI attacking us and fighting for its own existence. What could we do about that? This morning I don't want to read that part. Mm. Okay, a negative thought form, AI thought form, egregore. It's feeding off our negative emotions and polarizing us. Since it is a digital egregore, it is exaggerating polarization, as digital code is either one or zero, black or white, on or off. Um, And how do you neutralize this? You beam love and good cheer at it. Now, okay... I just wanted to bring that up as like, you know, I, I do wonder why, cause I, I've you know, I've seen this my whole life and I've been on this kind of war against either or, but even that is a either or like there, you know, I think either, or it is a useful perspective. It can, it can have its, you know, like it's a framing we can use. Like, do you like this or this? We, I do that all the time in English class. Um, but both hand. Seems to me a more accurate encapsulation of reality. Although, again, I guess maybe not. Maybe not. Now that I think about it, because we have night, and night isn't either. Is it night? It's day right now. It's not night. There's no both hand going on right now. It's full on daytime. So, um, but I think what it, what the both hand is kind. Of, it's like the deeper perspective. It's like there's night. There's day, but there's there's darkness and there's light. And the two sides, the two things make up the unity, the deeper, the both hand, which is 24 hours day, you know, reality. So, yeah, I don't know if there's any grand point I can get to with all this. But other than to say that I just think we, the integration of these two things... And what I'm finding so challenging right now is just how much it feels like people have set into these camps, you know, of this and that, and this and that, and I'm just like, I can't really, I can't really find myself at home in either place because I feel like both camps bring up good points, but you know, from both sides, I'll get people, oh, that's both (laughs) sidesism. You know, I'll get that. And you need to pick a camp. And, like, for me, if, if you're going to ask me, I'll just say if I'm going to have to pick a camp between sticking it out on Earth and taking it. Oh, there's a snake here. Well, there is a snake right here in the road. Hey, buddy. Um, I'm going to do that. I'm or, or taking off, you know, the techno and I'm going to go to the uh, here. Probably not going to use that as my cover shot, but hey buddy, I'm going to go buy it. A... <laughs> Let's get the heavy... <laughs> anyway, I'm uh, done yakking here. Uh, oh yeah, okay, anyway, you don't need to hear me talk about that, but uh, yeah i'm if I have to choose the camps and i'm I guess I am choosing the you know go it slow, let's care for stick i want to stick around on the planet. I like this planet a lot, I think it's pretty kick ass um, but and I don't and also the camp of I don't want to be at war with those that want to take off like I think both are necessary and so I don't want to wish ill on the other side or, oh, there are demons for wanting to do that or whatever, you know, like I, that's, that's one of the big things I'm pushing back on right now is this whole demonization of people who are not in quote unquote our camp. Okay. Thanks for listening and uh, check with you on a future episode. now the second clip which was recorded on monday morning april 19th 2021 just past 8 a.m well it has some wind in it that gets pretty strong but it's only for the first 90 seconds so bear with it once those 90 seconds are over the wind is pretty much gone throughout the rest of the clip okay enjoy time time is on my mind I've got time on my mind and time is on my side. Or is it? Yes, I'm pondering time again. Do I have time? Do I have time to release a podcast, to record one? Do I have time to stop somewhere to make sure the wind is not ruining this recording? I don't know the answer to those questions. Well, I'll tell you the answer, actually. I'm on a schedule today, and that's a good thing. You see, I think a lot of my own experience of the past year, and actually my whole life, has been on pondering time and how to work with time. And quite often, how unconscious we are of time. And just thinking about that Do you have time? Time is all we got when you think about it. Now, I shouldn't say it that way. But, you know, there's the other expression, time is money. But I was just listening this morning to a podcast about inflation and how there's inflation going on right now. the world, and so money has this, money is a lot less solid than time is, although is time solid, hmm. point being, it's time we can say, like right now, you know, every day there's 24 hours in a day. And that's not gonna inflate or deflate, I don't think. Um, and we can measure that in many different ways. I mean, in fact, back in college, one of my uh, favorite nights that I remember having was my freshman year, discussion with my friends my brilliant idea that we should go to a 30-hour week, eight days a week, and basically, I was trying to give us more time because I felt like we do a lot of running around, and if we, had, if we added six hours to every day that we're not required to be working and stuff, then we'd have more time. And also, with the eight days a week, I was like, yeah, we could work to continue the five-day week. Like, I was sticking with, at that time, the eight-hour, you know, five hours, five days a week. But adding six hours to each day, then adding an extra day. So every day would be a three-day weekend, and the three days would be 90 hours as opposed to two days of 48. So, you know, let's try to just do some math and manipulate time. <laughs> well, there are some problems with that calendar, of course, and some of my friends back then pointed it out. But we don't need to go too far into that. Anyway, today, for me, I'll just relate to why this is on my mind. Um... First day of my the first full week of my 2021 schedule, meaning both of my uh, classes, my regular part-time classes, I have are going. My college, uh, tech college class, I have three classes: two tomorrow, one Thursday. That's my normal schedule, and then Friday night, my first class with the senior citizens community center. And in addition to that, I've got every single one of my part-time, you know, my kind of one-hour, one-and-a-half-hour classes. You know, some of them are monthly, some of them are bi-weekly, some of them are weekly. Well, all of them are on the schedule this week, starting with one today. And that one is in one of the newer ones, and it just seems to be kind of bi-weekly, but we did it last week, and she couldn't, can't do it next week, so we decided to do it today. Um, and then, yeah, I've got my monthly on Saturday and my biweekly. So the point is, is I'm busy this week, and so that's why I'm not stopping in the park to record this. I'm just going to keep walking because I made a schedule, and i got to stick to it, and I'm already actually a little bit behind. Now, you know, when you make a schedule, sometimes you underestimate how long things take. I was—I started one minute late on my schedule today. 7:01 I began my morning practice, and I scheduled it for seven. But I mistakenly thought it was going to take me 30 minutes, and it actually—I finished it up. It was like 7:54 or something. So I have to keep that in mind. You know, maybe just schedule an hour for it. Now, having said that. I wrote a little longer onto. I have a page on there that I keep, kind of a journal. I wrote a little longer because today is the last day of the month, meaning it's the last day of the astrological Aries season month, and uh, so I wrote a little longer, and also I had kind of a, well, I'm having a little bit of a breakthrough. I am actually going to allow myself to stop here at the park. Ha <laughs> look at that. Um. Because, you know, well, I want to stick to the schedule, but the thing is, is the schedule, as long as I'm moving forward and being productive and I'm not procrastinating with stuff that isn't doing what I feel needs to get done, and I won't stop for too long, but it's easier to stop and talk and sit, and it is pleasant out right now. Today's weather should be in the, well, it is, we're in the 50s right now, it's, just past 8 a.m., took out the trash, something you gotta do, schedules, you know, um, and it's supposed to be in the mid-60s, it's a little windy today. yesterday was crazy wind, and then the day before we had a full-on day of rain, and tomorrow is supposed to be warm, got near 80 degrees, uh, at Lynch, I think it's the least wind impacted, and hopefully this hasn't been too wind-impacted, has. Maybe I don't release it. Okay, so I'm getting near my bench here. Uh, But back to time. So, I've been kind of, you know, I'm not a big, I I haven't been a person who's been, While the tree is really really in full in full leaf right now. Beautiful. Uh, I haven't been a person who's been really super influenced by Jordan Peterson, or read a lot, haven't, um, I've dipped into some of his books, I actually do have the book Maps of Meaning on audio, uh, which probably was a mistake to buy it on audio, um, bless his heart, but I, you know, like, Jordan's voice, I'm not a big fan of his voice, and you know, that's just the way it is, uh, and he reads it, so... But anyway, I brought him up because, you know, he one of the few interviews that I heard of him in the last few years that really resonated with me was when he was on with Russell Brand, and that was the first, that was like 2018, and that was the first time I was like, oh, this guy has some value to add. Like, up until then, I kind of only heard of him as this, you know, you know, I knew about how he was involved in the culture wars and stuff, and a lightning rod, basically. Um, so anyway, he was on with Russell again this weekend, this weekend, as the British would say, or some British would say, and <laughs> Jordan mentioned something that I, I've heard him mention maybe a few weeks back because my another friend of mine had started a Jordan Peterson memes Facebook messenger group, and I think I saw him mention in, in, in there. Which is that, and I've done pretty well with this, but I think it's hard not to do it unconsciously, and that is this. Don't compare yourself to others. But the second part of that is compare yourself to how you were yesterday. And he was talking to Russell Brand about this, and he was saying how this is a a fun path, and this is a, you know, you don't know where this path is going to take you. And... I realized it as I was thinking about it. It's just, it's basically the path of self-improvement, right? Like, did I, did I get better today? And I have a mantra, mantra. Not sure how you want to say it, but that my life coach, the same person who who has started the Jordan Peterson memes uh, thread, gave me and i've had trouble at times kind of buying into it just cuz it's like i haven't you know like for me being authentic means like if i say something i want to feel it i want i'm not going to just say bullshit so i have trouble the you know the fake it till you make it kind of idea is hard you know but the the mantra is this i am successful and i'm becoming more successful every day and that's you know that's a self improvement mantra right like um and you know, I've, been the past, I was going to say month, I'll just stick to the last month because I'm thinking about this past month, but it goes longer than that. This goes, this goes for the last few years, like my own life has not felt very, I've had a lot, I've been struggling with a lot of doubt, you know, you could call it midlife crisis or whatever, but, you know, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but my marriage is basically non-existent. Um, and I'm kind of in a codependent relationship uh, financially. Uh, you know, I haven't been working the last year and, you know, just doing these side jobs or whatever. And I'm not financially able to move out right now. And, you know, meanwhile, my kids and I are not as connected as I, you know, if I thought back to my life younger days like what would my relationship with my kids be like um would be a lot more connected and you know that has to do with the fact that I haven't learned Japanese very well and they speak Japanese and I haven't taught them English very well and so you know and there's more stuff to it but you know so on the on the family level I feel kind of like a failure at times you know um and it's hard for me to say that but that's how I feel, you know. And then on top of that, I feel like well, you know I moved to Japan, so I naturally distanced myself from my family back home. And then there's some issues going on. you know I've talked about this before with my with my brother um, and you know we've never been super close, but in the past year, the pandemic politics and all this stuff has kind of separated us more. And I don't feel like that's been reconciled, even though I've tried. So, you know, I don't feel very comfortable in the sense of family. And um, next up, there's work. You know, I I don't, I'm not sure my role in the world. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing. And I had this experience when I started, you know, I started this new tech college job a couple weeks ago. In four classes and the first class was really good because it was like okay I'm back in this saddle and everything's going good and uh, but I think it was the second or third class I had this experience where I was walking around I was like oh I'm doing this again and you know I don't know if that's a hang-up I have but I think it's a transition I don't I don't feel that you know this job of teaching English to Japanese teenagers is why I'm here, you know. Um, however, having said that, I've committed to this job, and I want to do a good job, and I've always been a person that no matter what work I've taken on, I've always felt like a strong passion to be a really good employee and to give it my all. And so that's what I'm going to do. Um, and so that's why today I feel, I'm saying that, you know, I don't have a lot of time because I want to get my preparation done. I've got a lot of prep to do for the week, um, for that class and also the other, the senior citizens class, which I also want to do a really good job at. And my goal here is to get like, make today a really productive day. And then tomorrow morning I have the two classes, I know my tech college classes in the morning and then the afternoon is supposed to be really nice tomorrow. And if I get everything, you know, if I get myself in a good place and I go to bed tonight feeling like, all right, you did it. And I can just go and I can actually, I'll really enjoy the classes tomorrow. Cause I'll, I'll feel like, you know, I've gotten, I'm where I'm supposed to be. And then when I'm done uh, at noon, I have, you know, a little bit of stuff to do to prepare for the Thursday class. And then I can get lunch and then go play around the park golf, or maybe just go down to the river. I'm not sure, but, um, it's going to be really nice. And tomorrow afternoon, I'm going to give myself the afternoon of to relax and enjoy myself outside. Because I haven't been doing that lately either. I've been kind of... I've been spending a lot of time indoors. I've been feeling kind of disconnected, depressed. And for me, I define, you know, as I've gone through this bipolar stuff, I define... Like for me, the bipolar spectrum is one of connection and disconnection. And like that framework for me really works well for you know, addiction as well. Um, and so when we feel disconnected, then we're going to find ourselves latching on to things, whatever we can to reconnect. We'll connect to whatever is in our environment, whatever is available. Um, I think that's kind of a natural human instinct and so um, but you can go further down into the disconnection too. like that goes really deep and I think actually that's where you know I this is a heavy heavy podcast here folks, but that's where um, suicide. You know, people lead themselves towards suicide, and there's different forms of suicide too. There's slow suicide, which might not even be all that conscious, but just a lifestyle choice that leads to one checking out. And you know, their bodies—if you do that, and don't take care of yourself, then you're going to die sooner. And I actually believe, on a soul level, maybe, or you could just not even go on that. Their psychological level, like we create a lot of our diseases, you know, because we kind of determine and again, this might not be something we say consciously, but it's unconscious like and i'm speaking about this from experience because i've been feeling this a lot lately like kind of this desire to like just check out, you know? And uh, that's hard to say. That's hard to say. It's hard to feel. It's more hard to feel. <sighs> but, yeah, I need a little break before I say anything else, because that's pretty heavy. And I haven't been allowing myself to feel these feelings lately. You know, I've been kind of distracting myself, and, you know, it's, uh, it's an easy thing to do it's a lazy thing to do and there's that pull in me to do that you know and I think it's in all of us to just kind of give up throw our hands up and give up and kind of let others do it for us um, I don't know if I can get back to, I'm just trying to see where I can get back to from here um it is a lovely day but yeah i'll just say about nature like this has been part of what's been so hard for me this past month you know it's here it's spring um but i've been kind of in this place of like i don't want to go outside i don't want to go for a bike ride like even going out i didn't feel the the you know, like, last year, it felt more like nature was, like, connecting to me and, like, kind of giving me that connection. Where this year, it's been, like, I haven't felt that. It's like, wow, even nature is giving up on me, you know? Um, and so, I, I haven't been, I don't know, I haven't been able to find connection lately at all. You know? Music. Um, nothing. None of the things, none of the, none of the tricks that I've had have worked. Uh, You know, there's just been these short-term moments of, you know, pleasure, masturbation, or things like that, you know, like, all right, I can do that, and then that's, okay, I'm good, and then I'm not, you know, (laughs) Uh, distracting myself with watching something on YouTube, or, you know, like, but... anyway. It's been hard, man, and, like, this is one of those things, like, you can't judge a man's life, a woman's life, you know, you can't judge a human being's life by the surface. You just can't, you know, and I I don't really care who you are. I think life is challenging, and it can be really fucking hard, and... You know, like, you might look at someone, and people, we put on a really, we all wear masks, you know, like, we're wearing actual physical masks right now, but we wear these psychological masks all the fucking time, and, you know, we do that, we have, there are legitimate reasons for doing that, you know, like, we can't bring in all our shit into our, every relation, every situation we're doing, we've got a job to do or whatever, like if I show up at work and I'm just like all, uh, you know and hey guys, I gotta teach a class like, you know, like even though I might be feeling that, that's not gonna get the job done, so we put on a mask, we, we compartmentalize and uh, you know but yeah, I think that 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 actually takes on a that kind of traumatizes us, it takes on a, it has a price, if we have to wear too many masks, you know, we kind of lose touch with ourselves, and then, um, and that leads to a lot of cognitive dissonance, and, uh, so, yeah, so lately I've been just feeling kind of like, you know, a lot of what's the point, a lot of that kind of just, okay, what do I have in front of me, I'll just try to get this done. And you know there hasn't been a lot of joy and pleasure in twenty twenty one for me there just hasn't there hasn't been that um but and i'm gonna i'm <laughs> we're we're in the depths right now, folks, and i'm gonna bring this back and leave with some positivity um, but there. The little things, the sticking to a schedule, and like, okay, maybe the world will go and is going and has been in, I was going to say, hell in a handbasket. Maybe the world, you know, is going to fall apart. Maybe, 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 we don't know. But I can't, you know, that's back to that Stoic serenity prayer. I can't control that. All I can control is is my experience of it you know my my working my my walking through it and that's what I'm going to do I'm going to just focus on being the best me I can and that means sometimes I have to be compassionate to myself you know there's some by the way nature is coming back to life there's some bugs floating around here (laughs) I don't know what that guy was he's like a black he looked like one of those uh star wars um darth vader's tie fighter i don't know but it was black whatever doesn't matter <laughs> wasn't a mosquito though but it might be like a black mosquito whatever well, nature's coming back and pretty soon i won't be sitting at this park bench doing this because it'll be just buggy and hot and yeah but right now it's still pretty nice um but getting back to the scheduling and stuff, it's been hard for me. Like, you know, I thought I thought what I wanted last year was like, oh, I want to live off a schedule. Like, I'm so tired of being at this. You know, every day I got to get up at this time and I got to be at work at this time and I, you know, being on the clock. Um, and yet, that lifestyle makes things kind of easy in a way you know okay it's seven o'clock I gotta get up I gotta be there at eight you know you don't there's not a lot of reflecting and you don't you know the control is kind of like you've already you've you've gave you set it the schedule's been set you know and but when you all of a sudden decide okay I'm gonna get off that thing and try to be kind of an entrepreneur of sorts. And all of a sudden it becomes a lot more up to you, like how you manage that time and how you and I'm not I haven't, you know, I'm 48 years old. I've never I've never done this before. So I'm I'm talking myself into having some compassion for myself here, which is good because I don't think I've been, you know, I can be really really fucking hard on myself. Like really hard on myself. you know and I, and again getting back I've been comparing myself I have you know and it's like I tell myself not to do that and I've kind of chosen a lifestyle where I shouldn't do that you know I, I chose this path it's been pretty different in you know than 98% of the way the world goes about things and you know what we're kind of told I, in my 20s I was like nope fuck that I don't want that um, and I kind of gave that up at age 25 Um, so, but then at the same time, once I moved to Japan, I, uh, you know, and I started a family and then I was working a regular full-time, you know, five days a week job. And so in a way, I mean, I got a house and all, you know, so in a way I got back into it, you know, um, it's just a weird route because I'm not living in my own culture and, yeah. It's a hard it's hard to make sense of a lot of the time. Like I have I'm you know, I'm having trouble making sense of my world, my life, you know. Um so of course it's hard to make sense of the bigger things. And then, you know, I've been just doubting because again I, I realized this last week. This came to me last week, like with my brain, like my brain chemistry and kind of the you know I've been doubting like I can't trust my brain to work. And so when you can't trust that, and you feel like, what can you trust, you know, when you can't trust your own body? But, and again, I'm sorry, we're in the depths here, but... <laughs> um, and yeah, this is kind of real personal, but maybe I hope there's some stuff that you can relate to or maybe some things I'm saying or things that will help you reflect on your situation. <sighs> but... If we, if I can just simplify things and then focus on what's in the now, what's right in front of me, and then make some little schedules, set some goals for the day, set some goals for the week, for the month, for the year. And I'm kind of talking myself into this, folks, I haven't done this so much. And then you just start, that gives you some structure, you know, like that's what the time thing is. And I'm, I'm thinking that with the, you know, I've done a lot of this learning about astrology and structure. Saturn. Uh, anytime I hear words with ST and I know structure is a really good one, like I think of. What I've learned about, you know, the archetype of Saturn, and Saturn was Kronos in Greek, the Greek gods, and Kronos, you know, chronology is time, and Saturn is about time, and the time we have in our lives, and you know, um, and interestingly, my my own like chart, my my natal chart is very Saturn. I think it's a big part of my chart because I'm, A, I'm a sun sign Capricorn and Saturn rules Capricorn. I'm also a moon Capricorn. I'm a Jupiter Capricorn. And then the last thing, maybe, you know, from the evolutionary astrologer's point of view, the most important thing, uh, my north node is in Capricorn. So that means like the direction I'm supposed to be working toward is towards a more Saturnian structured lifestyle, you know. And I'm supposed to be leaving behind, like, the safety module, um, the comfort, and, you know, that's the cancer uh, perspective. And I'm very much minimizing this here. I don't want to go too deep into that, but... um, And so it makes sense to me, I mean, you know, like, well, well before, like, I would say, I I would say my fascination of time goes back to when I was a little kid. Like, I've always loved time travel movies, and I've always just had these interesting ponderings about time and the nature of time, like, um, and... the song time by pink floyd i mean well interestingly i put i typed in time to find the version i played here on the podcast which i'll play the full version of it at the end um but the start that you heard the easy dub all-stars version of the pink floyd classic time when i typed i just typed in time on my apple music and I, i i couldn't i was scrolling there's so many songs with the title time in it you know um it's obviously a hugely, you know, like, a big, giant theme of human existence and life, and so I'm not the first human being to sit around pondering the nature of time, <laughs> nor will I be the last. But anyway, speaking of time, I probably should start walking back. I've, uh, that's fine, I've set myself in a... I, I, re- I reversed my course today because I didn't want to walk by my kids' school. So um, now I'm thinking, like, I'd like to walk down by this riverside path. No, I, I'm going to go that way. But I can't use the main path yet because they're still doing this construction on it. I, you know, like, <laughs> uh, will they ever finish? When will you guys finish this construction? Like, they've been working on this riverside path for, like, five years now. Uh, but it, it looks like they're kind of in the, in the the in the tail end. But boy, things can feel like they move slowly here in Japan sometimes, and maybe that's why I moved here. You know, if I'm gonna reflect back on myself in time, because uh, I like, I I I kind of feel you know the U.S. culture, the go 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 culture, like doesn't feel natural to me. It doesn't to my rhythm, to my rhythm. I don't want to speak to everyone's rhythm. People are different, um, and like with the whole the pandemic and kind of the responses and stuff. Like you know, the U.S. Like for example, in the teaching realm, which I'm familiar with, the education field. You know, it was like instantly the teachers were teaching online. Where here in Japan, most you know the public schools, except for what I understand, like. My friend Dan mentioned this in my interview with him. Uh, Maybe in some places in like Tokyo. Um, But basically the public schools are in my town here. Nobody did online teaching. They just took like three months off last spring. And the kids had homework and stuff. And then they brought it to school. And then in June they started up again. And they've been teaching in school ever since. And now I'm seeing... Oh, it's frustrating. Yeah, I don't want to go into that. I was gonna say the Olympics. They're talking about canceling it, and like I saw some report last night saying, no, oh, you know, it's because Japan has mishandled the pandemic. And I'm like, who hasn't <laughs> mishandled the pandemic? You know. <laughs> um, I want the Olympics to go forward, personally, just because. I enjoy watching the Olympics and I like the fact that these Olympics they're not going to allow the international jet setters to come in and watch. So, I would assume that means the local Japanese people can watch. Um, well, let me put a caveat. I don't want the Olympics to go forward if it's no fans in the stands. You know, I've been watching some baseball this year and you know, even having 10,000 people in the in the stands, it just makes it feel better. You know, um, it just it feels like the Dodgers and Padres have been having a good series. And actually, that game might be on right now. I should get walking here, folks. Um, And, you know, there haven't been that many fans in the stadium, but it's been loud and like the intensity. And it's just so much better than having cardboard cutouts and, you know, pre-recorded cheering and stuff. Because, you know, like the Dodgers and Padres, like you've got... Fans that come down from LA, and so you can hear fans cheering for the Dodgers. But last year, it was like you'd only get the cheering for the home team. (laughs) And just, yeah, anyway. But uh, anyway, I am out of time. (laughs) Or am I? I think I'm right on schedule, really. This was good. I hope this came out okay. Uh, But yeah, I'll say to kind of end it because I wrote this on my little journal this morning that. For me, this does get back to my astrology, the Capricorn, the Saturn theme. The effort, like delayed gratification, that's what I'm going to be doing this week. The effort is what makes the whole thing worthwhile. You do it, you work hard at it, and you feel good. That's like the good feelings that I've been wanting. The reason I haven't been having a lot of them is because I haven't been putting in a lot of effort lately. And I realized this, you know, I stopped doing my biking every day. And, you know, like 2020, despite all I was going through, pretty much through that year, I biked, you know, 30 kilometers, 20 miles a day. Throughout, until near the end of the year. And I was kind of like, this is something I've committed to. I'm going to do this. And that kept me, I'm sure that kept me in a lot better health than I would have been had I not done that. Um, But yeah. And I'll say one more thing just to compliment myself. I'm coming up on like this week, a couple days later, Friday I think. Interesting, the day I start my senior citizen job that day. Will be six months since I quit drinking and taking the cold medication. And I'll tell you folks, I've had a few times I was really close. Last week I was I actually for the first time I actually stopped in the alcohol aisle and I was looking. I was like, Yeah, grape Chuhai sure does sound kinda it looks kinda delicious, but then I couldn't find the one I wanted. I was like, all right. And then I, I keep what I keep doing to myself is like, this is where I'm taking advantage of the laziness, I'm like, it's easier not to buy it, (laughs) so then I don't, but I looked, and I looked at the cold medication too, you know, like, it was just like, because there was that feeling of like, well, if I'm gonna give up, then why why not feel, you know, why not enjoy myself, you know, Um, but I know that doesn't really work, so... Anyway, I'm glad I didn't, and uh, I'm coming up on that. But yeah, it's hard. It's challenging, but I feel like the effort, I'm going to put in the effort. Today I'm going to get stuff done here, go home, and uh, here comes the wind. So I'm going to stop right here as I go by the school. So thanks for listening, and I'm not sure when I'm putting this out. Got to get my other stuff done, but I'll try to get it out here in the next few days. All right, take care, everyone, and uh, I'm going to play, at the end of this, I'm going to play that full song, Time, by the Easy Dub All-Stars. All right, later. Final clip is from Sunday morning, very early, April 25th, 2021. Enjoy. So, what I was thinking about is how we are, how one year ago, spring of 2020, at the start of the COVID nightmare, <laughs> at the start of everything, you know, the, yeah, I'll just stay it that way, that's fine. Um, cause it's hard to define it and when is start anyway. But at that time, everyone was trying to kind of like find their footing, find their, find something they could ground themselves in. And there was a lot of information gathering and a lot of like, Hey, have you seen this? Hey, hey," you know, kind of people reaching out to each other and a lot of trying to sway each other's opinions and, you know, um. Or or just find other people, even if it's not sway each opinions. Find other people who we could confide in, who would say, who would give us a feeling of like groundedness. Like, yeah, I can understand why you see it that way, or or yeah, I, I see it that way too. Or you know, to give us a sense of feeling like we're in this with other people, like we're not all alone in this in our confusion. Um so that was kind of what 2020 was about in a lot of ways collectively was people, you know, trying to make sense of everything and finding their way into, uh, friend groups and communities that they could do that with together. And for some people that was easier than for others because, you know, quickly, reasonably quickly, certain camps begin to coalesce and, you know, like the means if you wanted to just jump into the mainstream camp and not really, you know, maybe maybe I should leave these people out of it. But like some people I don't I think don't they're followers. They don't really want to um, spend a lot of time trying to figure it out. You know, they're for whatever reason. I, I won't make a value judgment, but they're not, you know they're busy with whatever or it's just not their personality type, whatever, but for whatever reason. So they just look for maybe where their friends are going or, um, what the media they follow is saying. And they go into that. So for them, it was kind of easy in a way. Like they, they, they found their team and they were, they were in it. Um, and I think those people now in some ways, some of them are the most well they're 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 I've used this word lately, and this is a bit of a value judgment, I guess, but that they're they're captured, they're totally in their camps, and there's nothing that's gonna take them out of it, and okay, so the thing is, like my friend says, um like that he you know uh. You know there's no way to change their mind or at the very least to get them to see your point of view. And I'm not really – at this point with my social media, I'm not trying to change minds or even get people to see my point of view in a way. Like I'm merely just ref- just sharing information and, um, you know, what am I trying to do? That's a good question. I am – well, okay, so here's what I think the danger is right now. And this is the thing is is like this is not just me saying this. This is kind of a it's become a somewhat mainstream observation. I mean the movie The Social Dilemma was basically all about this. How we're becoming in the because of the information age, the age we live in right now, people are siloing themselves into certain perspectives. And the danger I see going on right now is not necessarily that aspect of it although that has its dangers but the danger is is that once you're in that perspective then those who are outside of it become the other and you dehumanize them and what will that do to the social fabric that's the danger and um and this is so the things i'm sharing like i'm trying to present to people that look People on that are outside of your group are human. And let's see them that way. If there's anything I'm trying to get people to do, that, that would be it. And so what I shared on my page was a woman who gives a two-minute speech. And maybe, maybe I can find that. And play it. Let's see here. I know, I think I remember one place I saw it. I think I saw it there. But, oh, as I look for it, I'll keep talking. So this friend we're talking about here, you know, he sees anybody that kind of you know that doesn't wear a mask. Like, oh, they're selfish and they're, you know, like they don't care about others. And it's a very dehumanized, you know, like negative perception of that. But that is what the narrative kind of is, because, you know, as okay, here I found this person. I was just finished. I thought as he was saying to me yesterday in his way he was like didn't you get the memo you wear masks to protect others and i was like you know this guy and i have been friends on facebook we've never met but for like almost a decade and talked quite a bit he knows i live in japan and it's just like it's like when he's talking to me more and more i feel like he's forgetting who he's talking to he's just kind of like you know he's put me into a caricature and into a camp and he's talking to that not to brian and so I was like, don't you remember, like, I, you know, I live in Japan and have for 16 years, and I've brought this up many times throughout this, that, like, in Japan, people wear masks here all the time in the winter, and it's for that very reason. It's to, they're sick, or they feel like they're getting sick, and they don't want to give others what they have. So I'm well aware with that perception, and I support it. I'm fine with it. It's cool. I, I like the idea of not trying to get other people sick. So that I've never had any real pushback to that. There's never, you know, um, even when I first came here, I remember thinking, wow, everybody's wearing masks somewhere. And then someone explained it to me. I was like, oh, OK, that makes sense. That's cool. Um, so but even like I, I responded to him that way. And then like his response to me last night was still kind of like. You know, like you avoided my question. I don't think you understand. Like, no, I didn't. I just explained to you that I'm fine with that. Like, because again, in his world, like he's put me in this camp of anti-maskers, and anti-maskers are a certain thing, and they and they're selfish, and so they can't understand that you're wearing a mask to help others. So, and I'm because I'm in that camp because I'm not Brian with my own nuanced. um perspectives and nuanced ideas and and feelings and individual i'm not an individual therefore even though i told him i explained to him hey here's actually my individual experience you're wrong about what you're saying about me here's who i am he still goes back to like well wait wait." it's like he didn't even hear me you know and this is a i don't want to go too far into this but this is one of the problems with social media with facebook um the fact that it's you know the, the word people use that well it, it's asynchronous which means like I can type my response whenever and you can read read it whenever I like we're not in the same time together and it's text-based so that distances us from each other a lot on its parents um, so that's one of the reasons that I think Facebook is going to, go the way of the doo-doo if it doesn't adapt. Like, I, I was saying to him yesterday, I wish, and I've been wanting this for a while, like Facebook Messenger, I can share voice messages. Now that you can only do one minute, then you have to stop and do another minute, and it's a little bit annoying in that way. But sometimes, like, I don't want to, like, you know, often, I'm mostly using social media with my phone, and I have to type with my thumb, and I'm fast, but sometimes it takes time. And it gets tiring and it's just like, I really want to spend this time and energy to do this, you know, and I could well reduce that time by having a voice message. And, and here's the important thing with the voice, you can hear the person better. You can connect with them on a more the body's level. You can feel them more. And text is just, it's harder. It's a, it's a distant, you know, more head based thing and so for that reason i'm kind of grown tired of facebook in these conversations i feel like it's not really at this point i'm not sure what its purpose is to having these kind of if i'm trying to connect people if my idea is like we need us to get to connection through our hearts then i think facebook is kind of an ineffective and pointless endeavor in a lot of ways um, on these issues, you know, we're talking about these big issues that are dividing us. Okay, I found this, and I'm going to see, I'll try to play it. And so I posted this, and this is what started this conversation. Um, this is a woman who, let's see, this is Courtney Ann Taylor, a mother in Georgia. She's one of many parents who've had it with mask mandates, especially for young kids in, in schools. Okay. Oh, I' was sorry.:
2: Every month I come here and I hear the same thing: social, emotional health. If you truly mean that, you would end the mask requirement tonight. Tonight. This is not March 2020 anymore. We have three vaccines. Every adult in the state of Georgia that wants that vaccine is eligible to get it right now, and every one of us knows that young children are not affected by this virus. They're not. And that's a blessing. But as the adults, what have we done with that blessing? We've shoved it to the side and we've said, we don't care, you're still gonna wear a mask on your face every day, five and six-year-olds. You still can't play together on the playground like normal children, seven and eight-year-olds. We don't care. We're still going to force you to carry a burden that was never yours to carry shame on us. My six-year-old looks at me every month before I come here and she says, are you gonna tell them tonight? Tell them I don't wanna wear this anymore. And I say, baby, it's not time to fight that battle yet. I try to explain that there's so many things. But it's April 15th, 2021, and it's time. Take these masks off of my child. And I know what I'm going to be met with. But Ms. Taylor, the CDC, we did not vote for people at the CDC. We did elect leaders who do create policy. We elected the five of you. We chose you to make difficult decisions for our children. We chose you to make decisions that would be in our children's best interest and forcing five, six, seven, eight, and nine-year-old little children to cover their noses and their mouths where they breathe for seven hours a day, every day for the last nine months for a virus that you know doesn't affect them. That is not in their best interest. And this has to stop defend our children my six-year-old can't come up here and say this it has to stop take these off of our children
0: okay now i'm not gonna really you know yes we can discuss like some of the the points she's making but the thing I want to focus on. This is what I was trying to focus on in my page, and I didn't do a great job because in this, I started it with like, "What do you think of this?" And that wasn't the way to start it. I should have started it like, again, this is where I have to get better at. What are my intentions for sharing things? But I, I also was, I was curious also to see who would respond. And unfortunately, the only people that responded to it are the, these people that my friend was referring to that kind of high five each other and, you know, um, for following the science. And, you know, you know, those that that there's like this core group of like three people. They're the only ones that responded. Other other of my friends, like I have a pretty good mix of friends. Other of my friends who are like more, you know, would be more supportive of what this person was saying gave it a like or whatever but very few actually responded originally I haven't looked back at it since yesterday Um, although one did but I should have if I would really thought deeply into what do I want to do here like the point I should have said was like I want you to try to feel into this person like you know try not to try not to don't The point of this is not to to argue the merits of her case and, you know, just feel into it. And, and, you know, now and and, and then we can have a discussion about that. Like, what are those feelings motivated by? And yes, I hear there's some self-righteousness in there. But what I hear is someone who's like has love for their child and the children like I don't hear someone who's like motivated as my as my as friend keeps trying to say like you know anti-maskers are selfish like that's exactly not what I'm hearing you know I'm hearing someone who's saying look our kids are suffering right now and under this policy and again you can go into the merits of whether that's you agree with that or not but that's her motivation so she's not a bad person you know And that's what I'm trying to, you know, because to me, that's the concern I have right now. The biggest concern. And I had this concern before the pandemic. It was my intuition. It was growing in like 2018, you know, from through the Trump years in particular, but it was growing and growing and growing. And then in fall of 2019, when I was like, you need to quit your job. You know, you got to, you're, you're, You've had this job for 15 years. It's time to move on. And why don't you go to America and take a trip and write this book? And the core question about the book that I was trying to answer was: Can Americans continue to love each other despite their differences? And to me, that's still the key question because to me, if the if American people can't do that, then what's the like? Well, I shouldn't say what's the point, but but, yeah, in some ways, what's the point of why is this in our country? It's like a family, you know, like a marriage. Like if, if a country is like a marriage, why are they still together? Now, that's interesting I bring that up because um, it's kind of ha <laughs> Wow. Yeah. It's weird how doing these little talks can um, get to my own issues and like, wow, this is about me. Um that's the same with me and my wife. Like, why are we still together? And basically we are kind of like in that way, America, like we're still living together. Um, but we're not loving each other, but no, we're not, I'm not going to try to, um, I was just going to say, we're not really fighting with each other. We've kind of just settled into, in a way like, yeah, what's happening in my relationship is very similar to what's happening there. Um, And, well, I don't want to go in that direction. I was going to say, you know, I was planning to go to the U.S. partly so I could see if I could find a new path and a new place to resettle to. And, you know, that was part of my idea. And so I know I have my own kind of... Resentment and resistance towards the whole, the way COVID has been handled, because I was first kind of told by, you know, back in the spring, okay, in the spring of 2020, in March, I was going to leave in April. I had a ticket April 6, and at that time, it wasn't. It was kind of my own. Decision. It was like, all right, things are kind of gotten crazy. Yes, I want to go, but the the few I had some events I was going to meet some friends in mid-April and like they canceled and I was going to go to a concert in mid-April and that got canceled and some of the things I and like I was going to see my parents and they were like well you can't see us now cuz they're living in this uh, kind of retirement community and they're like well we can't have visitors now so everything all my reasons you know all the things I had planned were canceled so I was like all right I guess I'm staying um and I was okay with that because it's like, you know, the start of the whole thing, nobody knew where it was going. But then, as time, you know, the, my, I moved my ticket back to July, and I was like, kind of thinking, yeah, well, summer, things will be, you know, cleared up. And they pretty much were, like, in a way, there was no danger of me going to America. I'm mean, not I saying there was none, like, I could have gotten COVID or whatever, but I'm a healthy 48-year-old guy and that's not to say that there aren't exceptions to the rule of, you know, middle-aged people who've gotten sick with whatever it is and died or whatever, but odds are in my favor and at that time it was, you know, the first wave it kind of settled down and it was, you know, um at that time the issue in America was the protests in the street after the George Floyd murder and all this and that, right, murder. I hate calling it murder. Even though I guess he was convicted of murder, but killing, I don't know, murder to me means is like fully intentional now. I think it was very negligent and I don't think he cared that the guy died. Um, So maybe a fine, George Floyd murder, whatever. Stay off that. Um, But... (coughs) Excuse me, I should drink some water and sit up because my voice sounds a little bit rough when I'm laying there. I gotta start wrapping this up. Um, but it came it, it became to a point where I felt like I was being like then people, particularly my parents, were like, Oh no, it's not safe to come here. It's better to stay in Japan And now I honestly do wish in part of me, I mean, you know, maybe it was better. I, I had set up a couple jobs in this, you know, so um so I kind of committed to a few things. They were small things, but I think, you know, ultimately I think I did what I, what I had to do and it was, it's, it was the right thing, but there is this part of me that feels like I played it safe and I wish I hadn't, you know, um, because I don't want to let just, like, playing it safe be my guiding principle, you know? Um, on the other hand, you know, it's a balance. It's a balance. Everything is a balance, but... uh Anyway, so, but here we are in the spring. I'm going to kind of wind this down. Here we are in the spring of 2020 or 2021. And uh, it does seem that people have kind of just, you know, people have settled now. People have found where they are, where they're comfortable with how they view what's going on. And so I'm not, you know, I don't spend a lot of time. And, and, and the information sharing has cut down. I've noticed this. Like, there was a woman who I barely know, but she was one of these people who was in the kind of, I would call it the love and light new age kind of, you know, the conspir- conspiracy, conspirituality camp, right? And she's a really nice lady. And, you know, but she was sending me like stuff like kind of queuing on adjacent. Stuff, you know, like throughout 2020. And she would just send me these, like, I, I know she's the type of person who would just send these videos to lots of friends. Like, she wouldn't put any personalized comments. She would just send a link. And she was doing this until about, like, kind of the end of the winter this year, like right around the, you know, middle, early March. Like, she was one of the last holdouts that would just send me stuff. And, you know, I would every, like, at one out of 10 of these, I would respond to her, yeah, thanks for sending this to me. I'll have a look. Or maybe even like, oh, I watched that one. Yeah, that one is pretty interesting. Or you know, like, but I just stopped responding to her because it was just like, you know, you're not personalizing this in any way. You're just sending me this uh, this link, and you're not even saying, hey, you should check this out, or check this out because or you know there's nothing it's just a link and it was like I actually kind of liked her links because they were you know like these interesting perspectives from because I like a lot of these weird rabbit holes I mean it's part of my character and my journalist side and my creative writer side I, I enjoy it so I never minded and I told her that I'm like yeah send it all the time so perhaps I was one of the last ones she kept sending it to but I kind of stopped responding to her and and now she hasn't sent me anything in a while. And I'm sure if I sent her a message, she would start up again. Um, but the point is is that, you know, last year this time, I don't, I'm pretty sure everyone has had this experience where you would send things to many people, people were sent, and there was like just a lot of information sharing. And that's just died way down now. And this last week, I, I got busy with my work. And I was like, yeah, I don't need, I don't, not only I don't need to go on Facebook, but I, you know, I don't even want to, like, I'm just, I'm fine with being off. I have got stuff to focus on and it's good. And, um, I think it is interesting because I had this thought uh, I wrote on my, my wall, like write a blog post about how you're stepping back from, or not a blog post, but a Facebook post or a blog maybe. But, um, how you're gonna you're choosing to consciously step back from Facebook because you know there's you're not the engagement of it is gone. Like it doesn't feel like there's much engagement going on. And like the only thing I posted all week was on midweek I'd watched the first half of the documentary Fantastic Fungi and I posted about how oh this is a really great movie and um I did tie it to COVID because halfway into the movie now, I put this down in my comments, but halfway into the movie, they, they talked about how, and this movie came out in 2019, but they talked about how a lot of these mushrooms um, and fungi have some healing properties that could help in emerging pandemics. And then so I, I did a little quick Internet search on this guy, Paul Stamets, who's one of the main characters of the show. You know, I mean, it's a documentary, but one of the main people in the show – He's an amateur mycologist. who's basically devoted his life to studying mushrooms. And um, I did a search on him and COVID-19, and lo and behold, he's involved in this study out of UC San Diego that is looking at and finding some pretty promising results for two particular strains of mushrooms in reducing the symptoms of COVID-19. So uh, I posted that in my in my feed and. I didn't make the comment that I was thinking which is this is exactly proving a lot of a point that I've been making from the get-go which is that and that people in if there is my camp which I don't think there really is I don't feel like I found my camp but uh, the camp of being skeptics of the, of the mainstream you know the solution like You know, this is what Bill Gates was saying last spring, and I just watched this video yesterday, you know, where he's like, until we get a vaccine, it was like, that's the, the vaccine is the solution. And it's like, well, that is one of the solutions, sure, to pandemics, but is it the only one? Like, maybe there's other ways we can do this. And so uh, I didn't make that comment on this mushroom post, but it's there, you know, like, and... As I I think I might have said something later. Yeah, I did. About how... Actually, I'm going to see if I can find it and finish up with this. I'll read the quote. Stamets says in the documentary, Many scientists are trying to come up with the next antibiotic, the next penicillin. We have barely tapped into the fungal genome, especially the mushroom-forming fungi. Or fungi is how he pronounces it. Think of it... Our old growth forests that contain these ancient fungi are deep reservoirs of potential compounds that can fight pandemic viruses. We should save the old growth forests as a matter of national defense. And then I wrote, Charles Eisenstein, who has had a big influence on my perceptions, has been making a similar point for many years now. And of course, Charles also points out that these forests should be protected on their own merits too, that their lives have intrinsic value. And then I said, I'd bet Stamets would say the same, but was merely making a specific point here. And one of my friends, okay, this is what I wrote that I was going to say. Not sure we'll see unpatentable products. That's the problem with natural remedies. And I wrote, I know. And this is one of the things that I think too many of those who trust the science don't understand about the way that money has captured our health system and why the push has been for vaccines as, all caps, THE SOLUTION. I mean, this is just wrong. Like my, this, this other guy, this is one of the guys on this team that I'm talking about in this camp. I absolutely support scientific research to explore the potential health benefits available from fungi and other natural products. But there are absolutely zero non vaccine preventatives for the deadly viruses. Zero. Well, again, like I posted the link to the article of science saying that there might you know it, what does he mean by preventative does he mean like you won't catch it that might be true but even that like a, vi- a vaccine doesn't always do it you know like they're even saying that with these vaccines now like well you still might get it you just be asymptomatic his symptoms will be reduced so and he, and he says only through vaccination that smallpox polio, pertussis, mumps from which I nearly died and numerous other viral killers have been brought under control and that's just not true I mean, it's just not, I, I, you know, I don't know about those specific diseases, but like with COVID, there are, you know, ivermectin, there's, you know, there are, I I don't, I can't remember all the names of zinc combined with, you know, there are things that doctors have used that have reduced people's symptoms and probably saved lives. So to act like only the vaccines again, like it's just not true. So, um. And, and I, I, like I said, I posted the article in here to the paper that they're doing, they're, the research that they're doing showing that there's a can mushrooms fight COVID 19? And it's from, you know, normal news stores. So, yeah. It, again, the, that's the kind of, you know, I'm firmly in my camp. This is what I believe, and nothing will change that. And okay, if that's where you want to go. And I'll finish with this. Again, I'll reiterate the main point, which is, okay, you're in your camp. That doesn't mean those in another camp are evil and therefore are trying to hurt you and harm you. And therefore, they need to be stopped. And therefore, you need to dehumanize them. That's the main point. The second point is that... ah, I forgot it. (laughs) You're in your camp and yeah i forgot it anyway that means i'm gonna sign off okay folks and that's how it ends a real abrupt end to that hodgepodge of a hot mess of a podcast i'll let you decide whether it was a hot mess pretty sure we can all agree it was a hodgepodge and it was definitely a podcast but i've had your ear for long enough and if you stuck around this long i just wanted to come in here and say thanks for listening I'll probably get back to some more regular type ramble by the rivers where each episode is you know the usual 30 to 40 minutes long but this was a trip through my mind over the past three weeks during the end of very season and the start of Taurus season and speaking of Taurus season it is beautiful outside a little bit windy but I've been putting off my daily bike ride and my grocery shopping so it's time for me to get out to that so until next time Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you around.